Merry Christmas to everyone out there. This is Sports Matters. I'm your host, Kevin Drake. And yes, Matt, he's up north enjoying Christmas. So Merry Christmas to you, Matt, and to your grandmothers and all your family. Hope everybody's doing well. We have tradition today. We have in the studio from the band One Less Monkey, one of my really dear friends, Mr. Steph Moffey. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Kev. Great to be here. I guess since uh, this is the third year, that means it's on purpose. <laughs> first one you know okay the second one maybe that was an oops but third time it's on purpose so i'm really happy to be here today on christmas day not only is jesus birthday and it's christmas day but it is also opening day for nba basketball i say that because this is when it really starts to matter this is when you finally start to see these teams come together to find out who their identity is we kind of know what the lakers identity is and i'm rocking my kobe bryant jersey steph you got your santa hat on so we're definitely in spirit for uh, both holidays <laughs> we're going to give you a nice laker preview we're going to go over some of the christmas day matchups and we'll touch on some nfl playoffs do you follow the rams by any chance yes i do yeah so we'll, we'll get into all this fun stuff here KUCI in Irvine. Very excited to be here. Very yeah. excited. Let's catch up with you. I know you've been doing a lot of gigging. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One Less Monkey and, you know, kind of tell people how they can follow you on social media and, and your other outlets where they can reach you. Okay. So we have all the standard social media, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat. We also have our own website, which is onelessmonkey.com. And then you can also uh, either download the app uh, for Bands in Town, go on their website, but you can go and download the app. And Bands in Town is a really neat app because you can follow all your favorite bands, whether they're local cover bands like us or famous bands, you know, doesn't matter if you follow U2 or the Rolling Stones or whoever you like to listen to, Bands in Town will actually uh, notify you when the band is in your town. So That's really cool. Yeah, it's a great, yeah. it's, it's a free app and you can just, you know, put one less monkey in there and then it'll always let you know when we have a show. I do every Wednesday night down at uh, Hennessy's down in San Juan Capistrano as a duo with the drummer from the band, uh, Ruben. Him and I do the duo down there. And then on Fridays, you can find me at Hennessy's San Juan playing with One Less Monkey or I sub with another band as well called Happy in the Good Time Band. So... Oh, wow. Yeah. So how long have you been doing that, uh, Happy uh, in the Good Time Band? And uh, just this year, it started doing it. A friend of mine, uh, Brian, that he and I were doing the duo for a long time, and uh, um, so he can't do that one anymore, but he still wants to gig, so we put together like a, a little trio for that, and it's a lot of the same stuff that One Less Monkey does, but just a different lineup. We have a good time down there. Got a motorcycle this year, been riding quite a bit, so that's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. Blow off some steam. It's just it's a really yeah. good, uh, relaxing ride, you know, when you go out there and uh, just out on the open road. It's a lot of fun. You know, I, I even get that just even when I go mountain biking. You know, oh, it's the yeah. same type deal. You just kind of have that that freeness. I mean, obviously, being on a motorcycle is so much more fun because you can go way out in the desert and just kind of clear your mind and just, it's riding. Yeah, oh, just, it's great. I get it. I just need to go somewhere and just, you know, sure. clear the mind. Yeah, and you know, uh, maybe a lot of people don't know, but um, just last year, they actually made lane splitting for motorcycles actual legal. Even though people were doing it for a long time, they actually made it a, a legal thing that you can do to lane split on the on the freeways. Part of that 
that they introduced was that the highway patrol had to put out some standards for it. And one of the things they said was that drivers have to make room for the bikes to be able to lane split. So now it's a law. So if you see a bike coming in your rearview mirror, just pull over to the side a little bit and let them go by and just be watching out for motorcycles because they're a very small target and they're easy to miss. And you're very vulnerable. Absolutely. People don't realize that you're extremely vulnerable. Absolutely. You got to be safe when you are splitting traffic. Yeah. And there's, there's laws about that. No more than 10 miles an hour faster than the traffic is going you know so if traffic is stopped you know or really like five miles an hour and you're trying to blaze through there at 40 that's not good either yeah it's extremely dangerous yeah so um everybody's got some responsibility to be safe so uh just letting people know that's all Exactly. We just want to be safe out here in Irvine. So, exactly. ladies, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Sports Matters here. And, yes, I was given a nice warm intro about our uh, NBA opening day. There's NFL and, you know, a lot of good things to talk about. We're going to be talking a lot about the Lakers today because, yeah. you know, Steph and I are Laker fans. I know, you, I know you've been a Laker fan since birth. Just about, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just about since I could watch TV, I was watching the Lakers. Even as a, a military member stationed overseas, I used to watch the games over there and stuff or, have somebody send them to me on tape or something so I could watch them. So I've always been a big uh, Lakers fan. Ah, the good old days, the old tape. Yeah. <laughs> VHS in the mail. Well, I was looking at the NFL, and this last weekend, it seemed like now now things kind of shaped up pretty good. We kind of know what teams are going to be in the postseason. There's On each conference, there's one team that's on the outside looking in. Sure. In the NFC, you got the Philadelphia Eagles, and I don't think nobody wants the Philadelphia Eagles in. No. The fact that Carson Wentz is out and Nick Foles is in. Yeah, because Nick Foles did it before, and it the last couple of games looks like he could do it again you know because he seems to be able to get the guys to play for him so I mean you know that's really what you want from a quarterback is to get your team to rally around you and that's what he's able to do Carson Wentz I think he's got a bright future but he's already been bitten by the injury bug a couple of times and that's nervous time when you're talking about a young guy right when that's your franchise quarterback sure you know I mean you went out and got him specifically to be that and you know he's already gotten bitten by the injury bug a couple times so it's it's a tough one. It is. And it's tough to, you know, to lose to Philadelphia back-to-back years in Los Angeles. But the Rams bounced back this past Sunday, you know, resting up Todd Gurley. I like the fact that they're resting him up. Matt really stressed last week on the show. He goes, I don't care what the records are. You got to have a healthy Todd Gurley. And I agree. Yeah. But it was nice to see a reemergence of C.J. Anderson. He rushed for 167 yards and a score. Yeah, and you know they obviously you go to get a guy like that who was released. You never know for sure what you're going to get until he's actually out on the field. You know, so for him to be able to do that was awesome. Um, and the fact that it was not just a you know a close game against a bad team. It was a, you know I mean the, the Rams dominated, so that was a really good thing for them to do. To, you know to bounce back after those losses. Um, I think that Jared Goff is still he. You know I think there's something about. Um, not having Cooper Cup there, that he, you know, that's his safety valve. It has been, you know, for a while now. And, you know, not having him there makes him a little nervous, but, you know, it seems like he's getting a lot more uh, confident now. So he is, you know, and I think a lot of it's attributed to Coach Sean McVay because he really instills confidence in oh, Jared sure. Goff. I mean, you look at the explosion from, from the year one to year two, how good Jared Goff is doing. And I know he's had a you know a, a rough stretch there, but he he was very efficient this past weekend, and that's all that matters. You know, you beat a, your division opponent on the road. I don't care what the record is. 
It's a division opponent. They know you well, or you know, they yeah. know you really well. Yeah. Oh, sure. And it's never going to be an easy win. No. And you know, you, you talk about Coach McVay, and I, I think that people should watch some of his press conferences because. There's a lot of people, not just coaches, but a lot of people could learn from that guy. You know, whenever they have a loss or something, he he takes responsibility right up front. He goes, well, it starts with me. So if we're not winning, it starts with me. You know, it's my fault and i got to work harder. You know, so he doesn't duck it. He doesn't pass it off to somebody else. It's, oh, those guys can't play or whatever, you know. So he takes responsibility for his team, and I think the players respect that. So that's a really good thing. Oh, absolutely. What Coach McVay can bring to the team is he's such a genius. Oh, he's so Uh, smart. He always calls the right play at the right time, does something crazy at the right time. And I like how he's very aggressive. Yeah. And that's what I like about, like, a lot of these young coaches. You know, Matt Nagy in uh, Chicago. Sure. Doing the same thing. You know, Sean Payton down in New Orleans. You know, hence why New Orleans has got the number one seed wrapped up. Yeah. And, you know, these coaches are not, well, that's the way we used to do it, so we're just going to keep doing it that way. You know, they don't stand pat on any of those things. They actually go out and try different things. And like you said, they get aggressive with the play calling and they get results. So That's the main thing, getting results. But I still think the Rams, you know, despite losing Cooper Cup, I, I think you say, you know, I know it kind of maybe rattled Jarek off a little bit there, but the other guys have really stepped up because Brandon Cooks is a type of guy who can line up anywhere. Robert Woods can line up anywhere. You know, yeah. Josh Reynolds has really stepped up. The tight ends, you know, Everett gets some action and Higby. So, yeah, and you know, like you mentioned, Robert Woods, he had his first rushing touchdown in his career. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So they're actually, you know, especially with Gurley out, you know, they're using these guys, like you said, creatively. You know, it's like Coach McVay is like, okay, Woods, you're going to run it in. Uh, what? <laughs> you want me to run the ball? You know, so I mean, they're able to do it, and that is a that's a really good sign coming up. You know, into the playoffs. So and they got one more, you know, big game coming up with the 49ers. Yep, and they take care of business, and they can lock up the number two seed because you don't want to go back to Chicago because 26 degrees, the last game they played in, it might even be even colder. Sure. yeah. And it's just a tough place to play in Chicago because cold weather is like their 12th man in addition to their crowd. Yeah. And they play really well at home. Yeah. And, and that's a tough team. Yeah. And it's a tough call for this last game because, you know, on the one hand, you say, okay, well, I, you know, I don't want to go to Chicago, so we definitely need to beat these guys, you know, for our last game. So should we get Gurley out there and have him, you know, maybe not 100% or do we keep him out? so they can be 100% for the playoffs and can we still handle the game without him in there so you know that's always a tricky call but I think if they rest him and the other guys step up I don't think they're going to have a problem well also too you got to look at Chicago they got to play Minnesota a team that desperately needs to win just to get in oh yeah because if they lose then if Philadelphia wins Philadelphia gets that six seed yep yeah, and then now you got to deal with Philadelphia. Yeah, again. <laughs> I don't. Think and I think that's the scariest team right there. Like nobody really wants to face Philadelphia because they've done it. They yeah. did it last year. Yeah, everybody's got championship experience, so it's like they're ready to go. You know. And I think the Rams are a little bit more seasoned. I think they're they could be the one team that could beat New Orleans in New Orleans. I mean, yes, they lost there. It's a tough place to play. I sure. mean, even if you come up short, it's just it's it's in the Superdome. And under Sean Payton and Drew Brees, they've not lost a playoff game together at home. 
Yeah, yeah. 13 years together. Yeah. So that, that'll tell you right there. How about our other L.A. team? Yes, the L.A. Chargers. They are the surprise team. I know they had a tough loss against the Ravens, but once again, Eric Weddle kind of got retribution back against the uh, Chargers just from the disappointment of uh, not re-signing him and just undervaluing him, and he went to Baltimore. and yeah. So that was a big win for Eric Weddle. Sure. I actually picked the Baltimore Ravens to win the AFC North. Yeah, well, there you <laughs> go. Well, but, you know, they're looking so good because they uh, – you know, they had a little bit of a shaky start at the beginning of the season, but they've been pretty dominant since then, you know. So. Yeah, but that shaky start was against the Kansas City Chiefs and the L.A. Rams. Yeah. <laughs> they lost to two very good teams. Yeah. So, and then well, they had a nice winning streak. Yeah. And you, you don't – like, when you see – any team, and no matter who they're playing, when you see any team losing at the beginning of the season, you start to worry, you know. But the fact that they did bounce back and they did, you know, start to really step their game up and start winning, that's pretty exciting. So, you know, having two L.A. teams, both of them playing really well, that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, we could have a – you know, right now the way the the playoffs for the basketball is is – the Clippers are hovering around the fifth or sixth seed. The Lakers are in the fourth seed. So we could have the hallway series. And then also the way the football teams are going, yeah. we could have a Super Bowl, all L.A. Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, freeway. Who knew? Yeah. Who yeah. knew? We didn't even have any football teams three years ago. And now... <laughs> yeah, now they're competing for the the Super Bowl. That's awesome. No, it is, and I think the Chargers have kind of was it one of the commentators was saying, yeah, this is the San Diego Chargers of Carson. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Well, and they just haven't been given much love, but now I think they've really won a lot of people over just with their style of play and their defense has really picked it up. Now Joey Bosa's healthy, and yep. you're starting to see what this team's all about. Yes, they lost a tough one to Baltimore, but overall they've been playing extremely great football. Yeah, well, and even in Carson, you know, at least they have a home because after uh, the game uh, last night, the Raiders don't have a home because they're not in Vegas until the next year. So, you know, who knows where they're going to be for, you know, it's like they played their last game, you know, up in Oakland. So that's what they're going to do for next season. Is that because the lease expired at the Coliseum? Yeah, and they're not they're not going to be staying. So yeah. and there's no need to re-up it. Now comes all the speculation where they're going to go for one season because they're going to go the following season, they're going to go to Vegas. So do they go down to San Diego and play for a year? You know, That would be crazy if they yeah. did that. Oh, my goodness. Well, you got a huge yeah. Raiders fan base, you know, in L.A. that – you know, would make the drive if they played, you know, down in San Diego. And they're, I mean, they are set up for a football team, so. Yeah, I mean, that stadium is needs a lot of work, sure. walk home. It's probably not even going to qualify to host NFL games. Yeah, but I mean, if they can get away with playing for a year until they get to Vegas, you know. They yeah. might be able to squeeze that out. So We'll see. Let's say if they came down here and played in L.A., we have three teams. <laughs> yeah, because they played here for, what, 12 seasons, I want to say. Might have been maybe longer. What They moved here in the 80s, right? Their early 80s. Uh, it was like 1982, I believe it was, or 83. Like right after they won the Super Bowl against yeah. the Eagles. So it was 82. So 83, they came down here. So they're down here until 94. Yeah, yeah it's about 12 years. Yeah. That's crazy. Have them play at the Rose Bowl. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they'll pretty much have played everywhere because they played. They were last played at the Coliseum, and then the Rams were playing at the Anaheim Stadium at yeah. the time. Yep. But, yeah, it's exciting. So there's a lot of playoff implications. You know, you look at the AFC, it's, so it's like the Chargers are at 11-4, and the, the number one seat's still wide open. And, hey, the Raiders could play spoiler and beat the Chiefs. I think it's unlikely, but they did play them tough. It's a division opponent. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, it's uh... – Gosh, I was looking at that play last night, you know, 99 yards. You know, they tried to down the ball at the one-yard line.
line, and the ball got picked up and ran it back 99 yards to the Raiders. Did you see? You happen to see that? No, I didn't see that crazy play. I missed it. They were trying to keep the ball, you know, in play, you know, so they could down it at the one yard line and have the Raiders backed up against the goal line. And I don't even remember who the player was. And he picked up the ball, he ended around, and he took off, and they couldn't catch him 99 yards. That was on a punt? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I missed that. Yeah. So that's, I'm sure, going to be on some highlight reels today. And oh, people I'm are gonna sure. Be watching that. So. And Chucky. Yeah, he was loving oh, it. Oh, he was he was in full full blown, you know, Chucky mode at that point. So yeah, a lot of people are down on him, you know, with the Raiders. But you know, he, he's looking at the big picture because you you remember what Jimmy Johnson did with Dallas. I mean, he traded away Herschel Walker, got all these draft picks. They went one in fifteen that year, and they're like, "What's he doing? What's he doing?" And then next thing you know, next year they go seven and nine, and he gets all his picks. Then he goes eleven and five, and then the then they win the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, and and they're giving Chucky ten years. To to figure it out yeah. so you know i mean that's a that's a pretty wide berth you know to give somebody that much playing room to get the players in that he wants but the the downside to that is that uh well there's two things one is that you know the fans get kind of impatient waiting around to win exactly when you they know. see another tear down that jack del rio i mean just two years ago they were a playoff team yeah they had momentum and everything and all of a sudden everybody gets traded away you know all the best players are gone exactly and so people are like wait we had momentum what are you doing we had momentum you know so so they get impatient and the other thing is is that if he has all that time and he gets all his picks and all his players and still can't win then it's on him, and exactly. he might have an early exit. You know, at that point, it's like we know you got ten years, but we're cutting it now. So right, yeah. But looking at the playoff picture in the AFC, so the Patriots, who just lost two in a row, they just won on Sunday. They it looked like they were just oh now now they're down to a third seed or a four seed maybe, but now they're still alive for the number one seed. Sure, and you just until they until they truly lose, you can't count out the Patriots ever. Can never, you, just, you know, you know. I mean, they've got. You know, arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, you know. I mean, you know, he's got one for every finger, so it's like... I was talking. I was telling Matt last week. So now the Saints, Sean Payton and Drew Brees are the second all-time winningest, you know, coach quarterback combo. And now they have 118 wins. Yeah, that's amazing. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have 206 wins together. Yeah. <laughs> that's regular season. Yeah, yeah. Combo. Yeah, that's it's crazy. Yeah, it is. And the Patriots once again, you know, they've they've gone to seven straight AFC Championship games. Yeah. You cannot count that out. No, no, no. That can't be. You you can't downplay that at all. And one of my friends who was on here, you know, several weeks back, you probably remember him, Nick Chester. He's oh, a big yeah. Patriots fan. Yeah. And uh, he was a guest on calling in from Oregon, and, and he gave me a bone-chilling stat. At 12 games of the season, the Patriots are either 10-2, and 11-1, or 9-3 and <laughs> for the last eight years. That's, that's where they're at, you know, right at. Right incredible. At, I know. It, yeah. And you think about, yeah, they have some ugly losses here and there, and they think, oh, the Patriots, they start off 1-2, and two, oh, they start knocking them down. Next thing you know, they win six in a row, and they beat the Chiefs. Chiefs. Remember that exciting yeah. Sunday night game? And, yep. and I'm really impressed with Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah. Nobody expected that. I mean, they, you know, they knew he was good and everything, but he wasn't, you know, the, the number one pick, you know, so for him to be turning in those numbers and performing like he is, that's phenomenal. Yeah, because you know he's definitely in discussion for the MVP. Yes, I know he's got 48 touchdowns. He's probably going to throw for 5,000 yards. He might even hit 50 touchdowns. He's already at 48 right now. Sure. And Dan Reno won it when he threw 48 touchdowns. Yeah. But it's so hard to, you know, to decipher, like, who really deserves the MVP? Because when I look at Drew Brees, it's like, okay, his numbers aren't 
as ec- ecstatic like Patrick Mahomes, but Drew Brees probably will pass for 4,000 yards this year. He only has 31 touchdowns to five interceptions. Yeah. He does have a higher efficiency rating, a higher passer rating than Patrick Mahomes. Yep. But the one thing I notice about Drew Brees to Patrick Mahomes, like you look at the, okay, take it back to the Sunday night game against the Patriots. Mahomes, they scored so quickly, they gave Tom Brady too much time. They drove down. They won on the last second field goal. Okay, so they just ran out of time in that game. Against the Rams, though, that was a beautiful slugfest. Oh, yeah. And with the Rams up 54-51, they still had two minutes to go, and he threw an interception. Somehow, miraculously gets the ball back with a minute to go and throws another interception. Yeah. So the defense was doing their job on the Rams team. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so they, they closed the door on them. Yeah. And then the game against the Chargers, they were up by two touchdowns with five game or five minutes to go. Couldn't get a first down, Chargers score a touchdown. Couldn't get a first down, Chargers score a touchdown and go for two. Yeah, that was an incredible game, too. Whereas, uh, and then just in the uh, last game, you know, Seattle, well, Seattle pretty much kind of controlled that game, the controlled the pace. They pretty much played their style game. You know, Mahomes still threw three touchdowns in that game, but couldn't get it done in the end. Yeah. Where I see with Drew Brees, they went 13-2. He's led his team to the best record. And some of these dogfights that they got into, Drew Brees found a way to win it. And just this past Sunday, they were down to the Steelers. And Steelers had that game, and Drew Brees drove them down and got that touchdown when they needed it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so yeah. it's so hard to argue, like, who would be the MVP? And they're like, well, Drew Brees. He, there really shouldn't be sympathy votes. I, you know, I think he's pretty much well earned it. I mean, he broke the record for the all time. He's the all time passing leader. Well, all and, time. Yeah, and well, and if you if you set aside you know the recent uh, injury to Todd Gurley, you could make an argument for him to be getting some MVP votes as well. But he's you know he's not a quarterback, and it seems like the quarterbacks tend to get you know a lot of the credit you know and a lot of the blame when they don't win. And that's the same thing with Mahomes. I mean, yeah, he's doing a lot of great things, but he doesn't do it without a lot of weapons. You know, a lot of you know people to throw to, a really solid O line that can give him time to work. You know, I mean, those are all things that has have to happen for any quarterback to be successful. But that arm of his, my goodness, oh, that, that baseball, definitely, you see it transcend into football. And it's really made him, that's kind of like the X factor to me, of what I've seen from Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I don't really see him run too much. Yes, he could run and move around, but some of those sidearm throws. Yeah, I mean, he has these throws that are almost like, you know, a Magic Johnson no-look pass. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. like he's looking one way and throwing the other way and hitting the target. So. It's uh, it's pretty exciting to watch. It's going to be some exciting football this coming weekend. I know we got the bowl games, we got the semifinals of college football, but today it's all about the Christmas Day games. Oh yeah, and, and I mean we got a nice slate here. And let me just pull out this little handout, and I'll let you check it out too. But there's a lot of good games today. Obviously, uh, there's probably a game going on. Well, starting here in a half hour, you got the Bucks and the New York Knicks. Oh yeah. Well, Knicks, Knicks are disappointing. The Bucks, the, the Bucks should handle business. Yeah, it's always nice to watch the Greek Creek, you know, go in there and dunk. Isn't yeah. he something? He's <laughs> yeah. just amazing. He's got to develop his shot. You know, he'll be a lot better once he gets an outside shot. But you know, he's still pretty amazing. When you think about all these years since the early '70s, when the Knicks, well, the Knicks were, were relevant in the '90s. They didn't win because of Michael Jordan, but. Since then, they just haven't really done anything. Sure. And and it just shows you when you have bad ownership or a bad front office, that really trickles down into the uh, to the performance of the team. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. And when you've got the owner still fighting with Charles Oakley, <laughs> I mean... That's ridiculous. That's He's history. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't been playing for a thousand years, and yet, you know, he can't even go into MSG without the owner freaking out, you know, so... 
that he, guy. He's alum. Yeah. You take care of that guy. Yeah. He yeah. did a lot for your team back then. Yeah. So it's like, you know, so if, if that guy's still hung up on, you know, somebody like Oak coming into the MSG, it's like, okay, you need to find a, a new hobby. There's a lot of the, you know, the big free agents that everybody talks about, well, maybe they'll go to the Knicks, you know, and maybe they'll be the guy that resurrects the Knicks, you know, and nobody wants to take it because they know what that ownership is. And they know exactly. what it's like. So it's like, yeah, we're not touching that with a 10-foot pole. So. No, it, it, there's a lot of dysfunction going on behind the scenes. Yeah, so it's going to be bad for a while. It's, uh, you know, it's kind of like the Clippers under their last owner, you know. Yes. It was just a... <laughs> It was just a culture of losing, you know, and it was brought about by the ownership. So. I mean, even a, you, you can say the Cincinnati Bengals, same way, Mike Brown. Yeah. He doesn't care about winning. Yeah. Uh, you stick with Marvin Lewis this long. Yeah. It, and, and then bring in Hugh Jackson, and then they get swept by the Browns this year. Yeah. <laughs> that's just poetic justice for the for it, Baker Mayfield. Like, that's what you get for not starting me all along. Exactly. Well, the next game, then you got Oklahoma City versus the Houston Rockets. Wow. So Russell Westbrook against his old teammate James Harden. Yeah. And, and Mike D'Antoni. Yeah, and both are great players. I mean, really great players. You know, I mean, I still have a hard time looking at that beard, but because yeah. <laughs> that thing's getting out of control. But you can't uh, really say enough about the way James Harden plays. I mean, he's pretty unstoppable when you watch him, you know, the way Kevin Durant is. I mean, it's like those guys are going to score whether you want them to or not. Exactly. You know, there's really not much you can do. The best thing you can do is, you know, try and stop the rest of the guys on the team. You know, that seems to be the success formula for that or try to slow him down a little bit you know yeah. pl- make him earn his points but he's just so good with with the ball and i know he does this little little bunny hop as as chick hearn used to say bunny hop, hop in the, the pee patch, patch but he yeah. he does the backwards bunny hop because he'll dribble up and he'll stop back and he hops back yeah to he, shoot the, the three yeah and he's got he's got to nail down to a science because the officials don't call travel there's one where it looked like it was a travel i think it was a travel well, it but it was. wasn't called yeah but they didn't call it but that's that uh dirk Nowitzki. You know, the little fadeaway shot, yep. you know, that, that Dirk always had. And Dirk, you, you couldn't defend that shot because of how tall he was. Yeah. You know, but Harden, because he's not as tall as Dirk, has to make more space. That's why he gets that little bunny hop in the pee patch. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, Russell Westbrook is just basically a, a walking triple-double, you know, anytime he steps on the court. Even with Paul George, though, I don't think that there's enough there you know, as a team for them to do much damage. I mean, you know, they they wouldn't be able to, to stay up with Golden State, you know, so. Yeah, right now, though, they're sitting third third in the uh, Western Conference, so that's, that's pretty good. You know, it's, but the it, thing is, the Western Conference is so tight. I mean, the Nuggets are the number one seed. They're 21-10. and 10. The Warriors are 23-11. To me, the Warriors are still the number one team yeah, in the West. Yeah, until you beat them, you yeah. know, until they lose, you know, the championship, you, you know. The thing is, but I agree with what you're saying because when you get into – when it's just one-on-one matchup, okay, yeah, the Thunder probably could win a game. But when it's best of seven, yeah. can you beat this team in seven? Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, and I don't think Steve Kerr will let that happen, you know, because I think that he's he's proven enough, you know, about his coaching ability to, you know, be able to say, okay, I know what they're doing now. Let's make this adjustment, you know. And with Steph Curry back. Sure. Yeah, this team is, uh, yeah. I, I mean, are They're we going to... time MVP. But are we ever going to see Boogie Cousins? <laughs> I saw uh, a little video where he was in practice and he took Kevin Durant to the hole and dunked on him. Yeah, but that was in practice. Yeah. And it's like, that doesn't, doesn't mean he's any closer to, to playing. 
I mean, I would imagine they're going to probably wait till January or February to roll him yeah. out. That's what they said the timetable was get initially. Get him in shape for, for right. playoffs, you know. Because it's different. Yeah, exactly. You want to get him ready for the playoffs because this is the only year with the, with the Warriors. Yeah. He won't be there next year. Nope. So we'll yeah. see how that pans out. That's the question, too. Is Durant going to be there next year? That's I know. That's a great question. Also heard he says he wants to get the most money off this con- upcoming contract. Sure. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> then the midday afternoon, roughly 2.30, you got the Philadelphia 76ers and the Boston Celtics. That should be a fun game to watch. That'll be a great Christmas Day uh, game, actually. That'll be a really yeah. good game, yeah. Um, if you're going to watch basketball, that's one you'll definitely want to watch. You know, watching some of the the young up and coming teams. You know, now that LeBron James is out of the East, it kind of opens things wide open in a sense of who's gonna who's gonna be the team in the East. Yeah, and I there's mean, and there's quite a few teams that could qualify for that. Sure, and uh, you know, I mean, everybody's thinking Boston, 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 but you know, they're not just a shoe in. You know, I mean, there's teams in the East that have something to say about it. So I think Milwaukee's really impressed me. Yeah, they play really good defense. And it, and Milwaukee's a, you know like a sleeper team you know just like you don't they don't they're not in a big market so you don't talk about them you know nobody you know all of a sudden it's like oh wait where did they come from and they got arguably one of the best players in the game yeah you know and Giannis yeah you have to always watch out and like you said with the West as tight as it is a game or two separating everybody used to be that there was big big gaps and you know from one to eight. Now everything's a game or two in between each position. Know, so. That's what's so crazy. I'm just looking at I me. Mean, you know, from the team that's 21 and 10, and your eighth seed is 17 and 15, and that's only you know four, four and a half games. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. You know, for eight spots, you know, so it's definitely going to be a tight race. But like I said, I even if you go one through three, you know, with uh, Denver and Golden State and. Uh, OKC, I just don't see, you know, Russell and Paul George being able to take on all the superstars that Golden State has. I just It's just tough because, you know, Clay Thompson can go off one night. Sure. You, know, you got Steph Curry. You got Kevin yeah. Durant. I mean, those are the three major scorers. And then then you got just the rest of the team, you know. Draymond Sean, Green is Sean a, Livingston yeah. coming off the bench. Andre Iguodala. Yeah, Iguodala's always been huge for them yeah. in all of their title yes. runs, you know. And it's not so much about scoring points. They do all the other intangibles. Yep. You know, just even little things like forcing turnovers. I mean, there's not even a stat for that. I mean, there's a stat as a team, you know, turnovers, uh, total turnovers. But there's times where he just forces the issue, just that defensive pressure uh, makes the offensive player make mistakes. Sure. You know, when you talk about defense, team defense in basketball, one of the biggest things is communication. You know, talking to each other when, you know, when you're down at that end of the court. And when you have a team that's been pretty much intact for as long as they have, you know, the, the communication is second nature. Where when you have a team like the Lakers where it's like everybody's still trying to learn and everybody's still trying to figure out their roles and all those things, things like communicating on defense, you have to force it because it's not a natural thing yet. Yeah. You know, it needs to become a natural thing to improve the defense. But And then speaking of which, that's the game that we're going to be talking about for the rest of this show. Los Angeles Lakers at the Golden State Warriors. Oh, yeah. You know, so far, my impressions on the Lakers, you know, obviously you add LeBron James and immediately become relevant. But I like the fact I really want to see the the big four. And when I mean the big four, they're young guys. That's Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, 
Kyle Kuzma and Brandon Ingram. I really yeah. want to see them develop. And then the one guy, Brandon Ingram, now the fact that JaVale McGee has been playing, Ingram's going to get more minutes. Yeah. I really like to see him blossom this year because sure. it seemed like he was having troubles. Like, how do I play with LeBron James? Because you do got to kind of find a way to fit around this superstar because they're not used to playing with a superstar. I'm not saying just LeBron James, just a superstar in general. Well, yeah, and, and because these guys are so young, a lot of them – in their own right, they were superstars at the places they played before they came to the Lakers. And so they were used to being the superstar. They were used to having the ball. They were used to a lot of game time. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, you're not going to be playing as many minutes. And when you are playing, you might not always have the ball. So you need to learn how to move without the ball. You know, learn how to cut to the basket. You know, because if you cut to the basket, you'll get the ball. If you're standing around watching and spectating, nothing's going to happen. Exactly. And that's that's always been that way. Sure. And yeah. it doesn't matter who's playing. It doesn't matter what team it is. That's basketball. That's basketball one-on-one. You're on the court, move without the ball, you know. And, and if you're playing Magic Johnson, always have your hands in the ready position. That's what he would tell everybody. Always have your hands in the ready position. Because so. you never know when you're going to get the ball. Exactly. Just like half the time he's not even looking at you. Nope. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of guys had to learn how to how to adjust to that. But I think Kyle Kuzma is really adjusted to it. Because sure. he, he just wants to be great. I know yeah. he's worked out with Kobe Bryant. He just really wants to be like Kobe, but be better. Yeah. And, and I love that. I love the fact that he's really really working hard. I mean, what a steal in the draft. Sure. Know? Yeah, <laughs> nobody that expected that. Yeah. And, you know, I think the same thing with, with Lonzo Ball. I think, you know, he's just, there's just things he has to learn about, you know, uh, being on the court with LeBron or, you know, anybody else that, you know, comes into the team uh, hopefully Anthony Davis is listening and you could maybe make your way to the team. Uh, I mean, yes. uh, you know, hopefully. Our wish list. That's yeah. our Christmas list for next year. <laughs> Anthony Davis, if you're out there, call me. <laughs> we'll get it worked out for you, dude. To play with superstars, it's just a different dynamic than, you know, playing with guys that are your same age, your same skill level, you know, your same time in the in the league. You know, that's different than playing with veterans, you know, because veterans are seasoned. They know what's going on. They know how the NBA works. You know, it's not the high school game. It's not the college game it's NBA and you're playing with grown men at that point you know? exactly so far I've liked what I've seen you know I do agree that they definitely need to play better defense or be more consistent on defense yeah the development of Alonzo Ball I think he I think he's playing pretty well with LeBron James I think those two gel actually rather nicely and that's good because you got to have another playmaker and you don't want LeBron be playing all those heavy minutes like he did in Cleveland these last four years yeah I mean, I mean you're going to send him to retirement in, a, in the next year or two and I know they've really kept his minutes down and that's good and you think about it, they kept his minutes down but he's still very he's even more productive it seems like yeah well and you've got like you said young guys that they should be able to push the ball you know, let them push the ball. You know, he can be trailing on a play. It doesn't matter. They can push the ball up, force the defense to set. Part of, you know, how a lot of the offenses work nowadays is just waiting to see what the defense gives you. So if you can get the young guys to push the ball up and force the set of the defense, then LeBron comes up trailing the, the play. It doesn't matter because now the defense is set and they have to do what they have to do. So I know it's tough because both Tyson Chandler and, and JaVale McGee, I know poor JaVale McGee, you know, just getting out of the hospital the other day for, with pneumonia. I knew yeah. he was at the game, so I don't know if he's going to be playing today. They haven't released the starting lineups yet. you got to have the, your last line of defense. You know, one of those two guys 
in there. Yeah. Was, you know, and again, I'm glad we signed Tyson Chandler because also sure. he's won a championship. He's a veteran. He knows how the NBA works. Yeah, and you saw a huge, you know, improvement once he joined the team. You know, I was like, is he the guy that's going to, you know, make you a championship team? No, you know, but he's definitely a guy to have. He's out gotten there. you a lot closer. Yeah. He well, he yeah. he can help you win. You know, maybe not a title, but he can help you win games. And winning, as Charles Barkley would say, is a great deodorant. You know, when you're <laughs> stinking up the place, you know, winning can definitely take care of a lot of that. So very, very excited about next season's acquisitions. Uh, you know, I'm hoping they get somebody big. Um, but I think this team, you know, as they continue to progress through the season and their defense gets better, yeah, their offense you know, is flowing rather nicely, keeping everybody healthy on the court. I think they can do some damage. Well, like you said at the top of the show, today's really opening day. Yeah. So now let's see what's going to happen. You know, let's see what happens from this time forward. So right now they're 19 and 14. They've had a little time to kind of figure things out. Brandon Ingram still trying to figure things out, but he's actually had a last couple of games. He's had some really good games. You know, all around game because you know, Ingram can play that all around games as Lonzo Ball can, as well as LeBron James does it so well. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, yeah, you got, yeah. And then you have Rajon Rondo coming off the bench, Lance Stevenson, who once blew in LeBron James' ear. <laughs> I just love that. I mean, yeah, at first you thought when they were assembling this team, like, oh, this is a team of misfits. But no, it's actually working rather nicely together. Yeah, and I, I really like uh, Josh Hart. I think that guy. I love Josh Hart. Yeah. yeah. And he's another one that's really just, you know, fit in yeah. rather nicely as well. And he's also a playmaker. He can create his own shot. Yeah, he, he doesn't get as much press time as the other three guys, but... But, you know, it's like he's definitely, you know, he was definitely a good pickup for them. So, Oh, yeah. You know, he was the best player in the summer league. You know, he's really worked on his game. He's getting better and better. But also, too, a lot of, you know, people know this, but he was one of the – he was the MVP in Villadelva's run, their championship, several years ago. Yep. Not the last one they won, but the one before that. Yep. And it was because of Josh Hart. Yep. So he's he's got, you know, championship experience. He's done it all – that's hard to do in college. Yeah. you got to win six straight games. Yeah. And he's so he's got tons of upside. So that's that's really good thing so with the discussion about next season and acquisition and stuff like that that's also when you get worried about well who are they going to trade you know or who's going to go away because well they have room they do have room to sign one big time free agent yeah in addition yeah just on on cap space alone right yeah but But, yeah do they need a a third guy you know i mean because a lot of these teams you know well like golden state you know i mean they have five (laughs) all-stars i mean so it's like i think kuzma can grow into that i think lonzo ball can grow into that yeah it just that's that's a hard thing you know we have young guys and then you bring in the superstar who's pretty much ready to win now yeah but you got these young guys who are very talented and they're still finding their way it's just getting them up to that championship caliber yeah and i think it's interesting too one of the one of the interesting things i i noticed about the team now is that you know a lot of people gave the mamba a lot of grief about oh nobody wants to come and play with you nobody wants to come and play with you and now they're starting to say the same thing you know that there are people who don't want to come with didn't play with LeBron James because he's too much of a superstar. He's like, you know, demands the ball too much or whatever. It's like he shares the ball. He's he's way more of a triple double threat. Where you know Kobe, he he was a scorer. That was his job. But Kobe played both ends of the floor. Yeah, and but Kobe also, I mean, you know, he's one of the all time assist leaders for you know shooting guard. Yeah, you know, in the NBA, assist leader. <laughs> you know, I mean, Kobe, the guy that everybody said was a ball hog. It's like. Well, how do you get to be the assist leader and Trust ball me, hog? If I'm running an offense, I want Kobe to have the ball a lot. I want the ball to go through Kobe because exactly. a lot of great things happen. And look at five championships. Exactly. So, but, you know, sometimes you get some 
so-called experts out there talking about, you know, a guy like Kobe that they don't know anything about, you know, his game. They just don't like him, you know. That's what it is. It's just yeah. like you either you, you like the person. If you don't like the person, they'll just bag on them and just, you know, yeah. try to bring them down. Because as you know, I've, I've never been a LeBron James fan. And, I you know, so it's like it's hard for me having him on the Lakers. But, no, it's if, really strange here. Yeah. So it's like I, I got to just accept it and and hope that, you know, he brings, you know, some good results to the team. So I mean, it's strange seeing him in a Laker uniform. It really is. Yeah. He's done a lot of great things for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, heck, he brought a championship to the city of Cleveland. I mean, how <laughs> hard is that? What are the odds of that? That had to have been in like a billion to one. <laughs> You know, LeBron as a kid had a dream like I, he's going to be the one that brings the championship to Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, and he did it. That, that's that's an amazing story in itself, right there. Yeah, I always laugh when I you know think about that because I'm sure you've seen those. You can see it on YouTube. They have these um, tourism videos for Cleveland. You know, where it talks about being in Cleveland. It shows all the stuff in Cleveland. And at the very end of the 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 PSA, it says, "At least we're not Detroit." So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how they justify, you know, things. At least we're not Detroit. <laughs> hey, we may be Cleveland, but at least we're not Detroit. You know, I'm really excited about, like you said, the opening day and how the rest of the season is going to play out and what we're going to see. And I think that's also something that the free agents that could possibly come to the Lakers, I think that's something they're watching. They want to see how the team develops. They want to see... Is it going to be a good idea to come over there and play? Are they progressing enough that me showing up will will make a difference? I think they're, from my expectations, I think they're actually exceeding the expectations I had. I thought they'd be in the lower, you know, like Like seven or eight, you know, somewhere in there. But they're right there in the thick of things. And they really, they beat some good teams this year. Well, a lot of people at this point in the the season didn't expect them to be above 500. You know, I mean, that's the thing. They just didn't expect it. I mean, when you base on the last... Three, four years, and they're the win, only winning 17. Well, last year they doubled their win total to 34 from 17, Yeah, which was pretty good. But, you know, this year it's it's like, okay, now with LeBron on there, now the expectation level is higher. So that's another thing. How do these young guys respond to that? Okay, now you got expectations. Sure. And even even if he didn't come, the expectations for them to improve because they've got time under their belt now, it's like, no, you can't just – stay you know stagnant you have to keep growing so you know every season you need to be improving and now that you've got a superstar on your team you got to improve even more and that's one thing we loved about Kobe Bryant because every year he had the burning desire just to get better to get better to get better sure and believe me it showed yeah you don't see that work ethic you know in the NBA anymore it's not he was driven you know and you know, so self-driven. Yeah, and that was the thing that that I missed the most about, you know, Mamba basketball is that you could yeah. tell that guy just had a fire that you couldn't put out. You know, and all those all those critics that just you know bagged on him, and you know, once he's out of the league, it's like, oh, you miss him now. Yeah, yeah, you miss him now. Yeah. Now you say great things about him, but what about when he was playing? Yeah, how come he only has one league MVP? It's because. The sports writers didn't like him. It wasn't because he didn't deserve it. It's because they didn't like him. Or even Shaq having one league MVP. Yeah, I he mean. He was so dominant. Yeah, and. It's like winning an Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what it is. The well, MVPs. Kobe won one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That's crazy. But, you know, I, but I mean, it's like, no, no offense to Steve Nash, but. You know, at least one of those two MVPs should have been Kobe's because, you know, that was the year that he scored 81. That was the year that he scored 65 and three quarters. You know, they pulled him for the fourth quarter. He already had 65 points against Dallas. Yeah, he outscored Dallas 
for the first three quarters. Yeah, by himself. Yeah, by himself. Yeah. And and everyone says, well, 81 against the Raptors, that's no big deal. It's like, well, everybody else plays the Raptors. How come no one else scored 81 points? If it's no big deal, everyone should score 81 points against And you got to remember, he was running with Smush Parker. Yeah, yeah. The, the only <laughs> other like relevant player, they had Lamar Odom. Yep. And I don't know if Karam was playing in that game. He might have been injured. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's like, you know, don't talk about, oh, it's no big deal, you know, 81 points because the Raptors. It is a big deal. No, it's, it's a, a huge deal. deal. Yeah. It's a it's an NBA team that had Chris Bosh on it, too. Yeah, and so he should have had MVP that year, but they gave it to Steve Nash because he was the league darling at the time. So they, you know, in fact, I think the only reason Kobe had any league MVPs was because they ran out of excuses to not give him one. Like, they, they couldn't come up with anybody better at that Even year. though he was the best player in that decade. Oh, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. This is going to be a great game. But it is up in Oracle Arena, and I know it's a loud place to play, but, you know, it doesn't seem to phase the Lakers. Sometimes they, they get some great road wins. It's just You know how it is? Like, you go on the road, you're, you're together all the time, so that's where you build this camaraderie. And I think these guys like being around each other. Yeah. And, and that's huge. You know, and like you said, Oracle's a tough place. Actually, everybody knows it doesn't matter what the sport if you can't win on the road, you're not going to win a title. You have to be able to win on the road, no matter what the sport. You know, you have to be able to win on the road. You and, have to win on the road. Yeah. 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 And, you know, like when you talk about NBA playoffs, they always say, you know, it's not a series until the home team loses. If everybody stands ground, you know, it's like it's just, you know, a game after a game. But once the home team loses, whatever that home team is, then it becomes a series. And it's like, okay, now we're having a battle. So. Yeah, I remember, you know, when they lost the first game to Philadelphia in the finals, and Shaq's like, okay, now it's a series. Yeah. And then they took the next four. Exactly. But I, I forget. I don't know. I think it was in the 2004 run when the Lakers, uh, that's when they had Carl Malone and all the all and, those guys. And Brian Williams landed on his leg, and that was the end yeah, of it. Yeah, that, that was so, so disappointing. But there was one game where, you know, Shaq played a lot of minutes. You know, after five years of, like, pretty much going deep in the postseason, winning championships, and one of the uh, press people was asked him, they go, well, Shaq, they go, you seem kind of tired, but you but you made it through the game. He goes, yeah, I took 200 sleeping pills before I started the game. <laughs> it's like, well, of course I'm tired. I played, like, 100 games. <laughs> well, and that was, a pretty, that was a pretty good Shaq impression, too. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty good, Kev. That's nice. Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, I love Shaq. I'm glad to see him on TV. How hey, do you enjoy watching him on TNT with with Charles Barkley? He well, him and Charles together, it's yeah. just it's kind of crazy as it is, you know. But yeah, they're just both big little kids. They're so much fun. And well, ladies and gentlemen, we pretty much have run out of time here on Sports Matters here at oh, KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I know it's just like you know tradition here, you know having Steph Mafia in here from One Less Monkey, and yes, you'll be at uh, Hennessy's in San Juan, San Juan tomorrow night, tomorrow and Friday. Tomorrow and Friday. And then, once again, review uh, how people can get in touch with you. So the, all of our dates are on uh, onelessmonkey.com, or you can go to Bands in Town and get the app on your phone. It's it's just called Bands in Town, one word. And they'll tell you whenever any of your favorite bands are in town, just look up One Less Monkey, and we're there. Awesome. And they're, I mean, they're a great band. It's just, it's just all about having a good time. Absolutely, We're the music's not too loud. It's just, it's the perfect volume. Exactly, you can hear each other talk. Exactly, you can have a good time, and we like to have a lot of laughs. So come on down and join the fun. 
And then if you want to hear this podcast, I'll have it posted tomorrow. Uh, it's KUCI.org. You just click on Sports Matters. It'll go straight to my SoundCloud. And also, you can go on KUCI.org and just click Tune In and it has a list of all of our shows here at Sports Matters. So you can even go back to the last Christmas, what we were talking about, or the Christmas before that. Nice. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm well, hoping to be here again next year. So, Oh, absolutely. If I'm still doing it here, if, <laughs> if I'm still allowed to be here, then you definitely. Y'all have a great day.